We're going to talk today about the focus and efforts behind improving continuing education in the health professions. You're listening to ReachMD Radio, and this is Lawrence Sherman. Welcome to Lifelong Learning. I'm so pleased to be here for another great year at the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions Annual Conference. Joining me here at the ReachMD Mobile Studio is Robin King. Robin is the Executive Director and CEO of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions, the premier organization behind all the efforts in improving continuing education. Hello again, Robin. Thank you, Lawrence. Always nice to see you in chat, Robin. I think it would be interesting for us to talk a little bit today about all of the efforts behind improving continuing education because it's my guess that a lot of the listeners don't know what's behind everything that goes into putting together the strong education that they participate in for their lifelong learning. Great, great. Well, it's great to be here, and thanks for having me. The Alliance has made lots of shifts and over the past several years, including changing its name to Continuing Education Across the Health Professions. Uh, that's my uh, quick way of saying it. For all you practitioners out there, for docs, your team in a team-based situation of nurses, uh, prescribing nurses, physician assistants, and a pharmacist. And uh, one of those big shifts last year was we uh, have now begun to uh, work on behalf of about 500 pharmacy educators across the country. And so we are taking that curriculum and working in an interprofessional team-based system to uh, work on our competencies and make sure that they truly are team-based. I came from Medicare where we added Part D Mm -hmm. and Plan Choice, uh, which is also known as Medicare Advantage. So you begin to see the connection of dots in my own uh, passion for this. And so when you extend what's going on in healthcare reform today to medical education, it's actually the same line. So we have interprofessional education, which is now also a movement. You you know, it's interesting that you say that. uh, As I think about it, we used to live in a world of educational isolation. We taught every group separately and then expected them to perform well together. And when they didn't, no one knew who was to blame. So now I think these efforts are really important. Are you aligning with other organizations? Yes. The pharmacy group that I mentioned is ACPE, the National Accrediting Body, and they in turn align with all of the uh, pharmacy groups around their standards and accreditation. So we're seeing a convergence actually of practitioner uh, standards for maintenance of certification, MOC. And so what's going on with docs in one what was a traditional silo is now teaming up with the team at care delivery and uh, receiving continuous learning continuous education in a different model it, it really is unfolding in front of us so i can't describe a static picture of what that looks like but but education shouldn't be static, so that's a great thing to hear. So, so now we're looking at the audiences who are acting together and performing together and now learning together, and that's a great thing. So let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing, and maybe there are some efforts in improving and changing and evolving the format of education, and what are some of the things that you're seeing? So I'm seeing things at this meeting that I hope we'll see in some of the education that our listeners will see. Yes, yes. All practitioner learning is changing. Where we came from, uh, nursing was half online. When nurses renew their credential, their certification, it's often in a 
really thoughtful manner, but half of them do it online. And so there are vast differences in the way our practitioner groups do uh, maintain their licensures and uh, certifications and the accrediting systems that match. The pharmacist is much state-based. So what I'm really saying is the way the standards and accreditation systems flow in the United States really is a big piece of the formats and the ways we learn. And the physician format traditionally was large meetings. Now that has really changed. It's converged. And uh, where uh, print journals are still a standard and a staple, and I think that will continue, now we have online medical journals. And we have vast different uses of that information in different ways. It's funny. I think it's the the shift of what's in the right front pocket of the white coat. Used to be a whole bunch of ripped out articles, and now it's it's a an e-reader or an iPad mini where everything is there and you don't have to worry about losing the article. I think that's a very interesting observation. You know, one of the the themes of this meeting is innovation. And I, I really admire the Alliance for taking a stance because this meeting, from my perspective feels different than it has in years past, and I hope that makes you smile. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Uh, But what I think is we're also encouraging the medical educators out there to be innovative so that our listeners will be seeing things in the next year, two years, three years, even in the formats that they're used to getting their education in, changing and evolving. So I think, and I'm curious about your thoughts, if there's going to be some evolution and innovation in those things as well. Uh, Yes. Innovation is occurring every day, every moment in all of our members' days, but they see it in different ways. And uh, the grants that you see flow through from different places, now government grants, government-related grants, traditional industry grants for medical education from medical affairs or different purposes, those are stimulating innovation in lots of different ways that uh, simply doesn't slow down. It converges, but it doesn't slow down. And so I think we're seeing uh, in real time lots of new ideas, and those have to be applied. They have to be applied all the way to the care delivery setting, and our members are the conduit to that. We have really a 1,000 hospitals, if you think about who the alliance is, 350, 400 medical societies, specialties, subspecialties, medical colleges, the lion's share. So it goes on and on, and uh, for-profit companies that uh, assist and work with all of these uh, folks to deliver a new kind of medical education and clinical education in the United States. It's interesting. I think what you're doing is you're, you're taking your healthcare reform history and you're moving it into continuing education reform, if I may coin a phrase. Bingo. But the, but the United States does. So it's, it's uh, me personally, yes, I'm involved. It's the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I think that's the nice thing. I think that what we're seeing is something that we've needed for a while on the educational side anyway. So I'm hoping our listeners are encouraged at the thought that what they will see is something that will match their needs. If you've just tuned in, this is Lifelong Learning with Lawrence Sherman, and you're listening to ReachMD Radio. With me in the ReachMD mobile studio at the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions Annual Conference is Robin King, the Executive Director and CEO of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. 
Robin, let's uh, let's shift a little bit. Um, there's been a bit in the press and in some of the professional literature recently about the quality of some of the continuing education that's out there for physicians. Uh, it, it, does the Alliance have some efforts in trying to put forth some information and comfort to the listeners, to the practicing healthcare uh, folks out there, that certified and accredited continuing education really is of the highest standards? Absolutely. We represent professionals in uh, their day jobs all around the country in the places I just mentioned. And uh, all of those people in their hearts are trying to do the right thing. And uh, medical education actually comes from those people who are faculty, who are MDs themselves, who are nurses. Our our membership uh, was started by physicians and now is uh, up to 7% nurses where we see practitioners involved as faculty. Now we have pharmacist faculty, PharmDs and uh, uh, DOs, etc. So the uh, point that I'm trying to make is these are people who are professional in every way. There will always be lesser approaches in anything you can find, but if you if you go down to the lowest common denominator and paint the whole picture, you're really not uh, painting a picture of healthcare reform, which actually looks for patient-centered care and those who will embrace that and do the right thing every day. And I think we have that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm. I'm I was concerned when I read in the press uh, some of the uh, information that was getting out there, and I think it was a little bit of misinformation as well, about the education that's going out there that's accredited. And, and so I'm glad you were able to touch upon that. Let's move a little bit further into some of what I think we're going to see moving forward. Personalized learning, individualized learning, some of these things that, again, as I'm seeing it here at the conference, I assume that you're hoping that some of what we're showing will then move into practice with some of the uh, the educators that are here in attendance. Yes, yes. There's, uh, there's also a little bit of a c- convergence and paralleling of competencies, which are individual and personal, and accreditation standards or standards which are behind every accredited system. And competencies are personal, and there are national learning competencies in the sense of what the Alliance has just done for the education system. And then uh, for our uh, members around the country, uh, they have their own competencies, and those are physician standards around their specialties. But those competencies uh, go back to their standards for accreditation. So if we can work on harmonizing and uh, uplifting standards, accreditation systems, and competencies, which are personal, then we do performance improvement, which we've always been interested in, and then quality improvement systems change that actually has an effect on care delivery and reimbursement models. So that's a, a mouthful, but it's, uh, it's really a continuum of where we're going. It's so funny. I think we've moved into a world of letters where we have PI for performance improvement and QI for quality improvement and MOC for maintenance of certification, MOL for maintenance of licensure. And and I think convergence is really the key word, Robin. I think, you know, what we're seeing here and what our listeners and, and the learners out there are going to see is that the education that was once being developed because it's what we thought they needed to know is now being developed because it's what they're telling us they need to know or that they're looking for. So I think all of these letters and the, the evolution of continuing education, this lifelong learning, the name of this, this show, really is driving that reform in education. Yes, yes. So continuing education 
is in our new name, believe it or not, but Continue Us Learning is behind our competencies and uh, I hope will drive new standards in the future all the way to quality improvement. And so Continue Us Learning is behind our national learning competencies that we plan to engage every educator in the United States uh, and beyond in the coming years. And so that's exciting. You know, it's funny that you say that because there are some places in the world that they actually call it continuous medical education. And I used to say, oh, no, 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 you guys have that wrong. But, but in actuality, they had it right. Lawrence, in a, in a real-time world, when you're using an iPad, it's continuous. If you are a tweeter, it's continuous. <laughs> and, and I've <laughs> seen you, you like tweeting. It or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but I think that's the real thing. You know, it used to be that education lived in a box, right? And it was you went to that box and you got your education and you left. Now you talk before, you talk during, you talk after, you engage. I, I think that that's... That, that's the crux of it. I think the people who are committed to listening to this channel are listening and learning every day. I think that, you know, the point of care is really critical because that's where the questions come up. A question can't come up in the clinical setting and then somebody has to wait four months until their next meeting to go to. I, I, so I think you've got it right. And, and that continuous is important because the needs are continuous. Yes, yes. And the delivery formats uh, are changing in front of us. Well, I think that's right, and, and I think just sitting here at our mobile studio and watching and looking at the exhibits that are around, we're seeing lots of innovative formats. So I think what our listeners could be encouraged about is that if they open their eyes and, and, uh, and, and their minds a little bit to new formats, to try just one new format, they may find that the education that they said they weren't finding or getting was right there in front of them. So, Robin, in the last minute or two that we have, what one or two surprises do you think our listeners are, are in for when they see their continuing education in the next couple of years? I think they will be encouraged to rethink teams in interprofessional education, call it that or call it training or call it whatever you want, from their care delivery system, whatever it is, because I think uh, hospitals, their needs and health systems really will drive quality improvement. And I think sooner or later, each of us as practitioners can be leaders in that effort. And so when you begin to help your workplace achieve uh, some goals that are a little broader, more patient-centered, then I think it you know, is actually going to be rewarding. Yeah, that's funny. I think it's the workplace is the new classroom, isn't it? Yes, yes. And it's the most familiar place to the great care deliver practitioners in the United States. Well, Robin, thank you. Uh, I think there's some excitement happening here at the meeting. I think there's some excitement that's going to happen as a result of what people are learning at the meeting. And I think our listeners are really in for some exciting educational uh, opportunities. And uh, I look forward to seeing what happens next year. Great, great. Well, thank you for having me. This is Lawrence Sherman, and you've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. To download this segment, go to ReachMD.com or go to the ReachMD Medical Radio app on your iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, or BlackBerry smartphone. Thanks for listening.